Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, listener. Just wanted to let you know before we get started that we ran into some, at times, pretty serious audio issues with this one. We had some issues with our recording platform, meaning that we had to revert to the lower quality Zoom backup version of the recording. And just to top it off, one of our air conditioning units really fires up at about the 19-minute mark. So apologies for that. But aside from that, it's the usual great stuff from Celtics J and Wayne Spoonie. If you just imagine they're recording in the tunnel of the noisy Chase Center post-game, you'll barely notice. I'm sure you'll still enjoy this one. And with that, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. This is your host, Wayne Spoonie. I'm in the host chair because Celtics J is on the road. And he is here with me reporting live from his beautiful Hilton Garden. And Jay, how are you doing today, man? You know what? On 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 the heels of a big old Celtic win, even yeah. even the Hilton even the Hilton Garden Inn's bullshit internet connection ain't pissing me off too bad right now. A little bit. A little bit. That's awesome, man. Again, they are yeah. not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, you're, I can see you're not uploading right now, so that might be an issue as we move forward here. But we'll see. Um, so, Jay, let's jump right in. Game one. Normally, I think it makes sense to start from the first quarter and go from there. But with this fourth quarter, I just don't think we can do it, man. We The Celtics... Outscored the Warriors 46-28-108 win. Biggest difference in a finals quarter ever. The first time a team's been down double digits going into the fourth and won by double digits. And as user, the Turtle One says, the Boston Celtics just won the first game of the NBA Finals on the road after being 12 points after the third. I don't know about you guys, but every part of that sentence feels totally surreal to me. <laughs> Jay, walk me through how you were feeling going into the fourth and kind of when you finally felt like, wow, we've got this. Like, we're winning this game. So, user turtle soup used the wrong word because I would say uh, pornographic is the way that that sounds like. <laughs> Just beautifully pornographic. Yeah. Like the classy stuff, though, not like that trashy stuff, like the classy stuff, like, you know, like real, soft, real good camera yeah. angles. <laughs> so. I can't entirely put into words other than just how much genuine joy there is to watch this team just do the things that we believe in our hearts that they can do because they've just shown those glimpses, not just throughout the series and not just even glimpses. Like we've, we've seen stretches like, yeah. And we've also though, we've seen some dips and we've seen some dives and there was so much rational, logical, reasoning behind having some doubt, some, some concern, some nervousness. Right. But then 
that fourth quarter freaking happens and we just start watching these guys get right back into that flow. I mean, they looked like that team that was just rolling, rolling folks. And, and the way, the way people were talking about it, I mean, even KOC said just embarrassing teams out there, embarrassing. I got, I put, I put a picture on Twitter of, of Steph Curry's face right after he came out of that game. He, just yeah, all man, sad with the duck that face. Man was in pain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that picture says everything I need to know about what the hell yeah. just happened there. It was bananas. It was as close to, and I think you had said this in in the in the live stream on playback. It was as close to a perfect quarter of basketball as you could expect the team to play. Where were you at? Like, how are you feeling after after watching what what happened there? Yeah, I think going into the fourth quarter, my thought was uh, these these teams, just the way they play, this is going to be a series of runs, right? The Warriors shoot a ton of threes. They try to turn you over. We do the same thing. Um, so I think there's going to be big runs to be had in this series. And we were down, I think, 12 going into the fourth quarter. And my thought was, like, if we get that first run, if we go 6-0, 8-0 run, I'll feel really good about where we're at and our chances to win this game. We did that. Like a 17-0 run. <laughs> we did that, and then it just didn't stop for the rest of the quarter. So I definitely think, um, and it was interesting, the lineup Udoka went to, I think this kind of some balls on a first-year head coach to go Pritchard, Derek White at the same time with, I think, Rob was out there as the lone big uh, and those guys were just, I think we both said it, you said it at one point, Jay, is like the tempo and the purpose they were playing with on the offensive end. Um, it was just really, you could tell they were locked in and they were about to do something special with just how they were playing. And I think Pritchard's a big help for them when he's out there because he's so deadly from three. And he's, he did a really nice job on the defensive end, hounding Steph Curry. Like, Iguodala tried to post him up, and he didn't move an inch. So, um, I would say it was when they were interviewing Steve Kerr, and he was like, or it was a mic'd up of Steve Kerr being like, get a stop, get a score. We got, like, get a bucket here and then get a stop. And We're right we where we want to be. And they <laughs> cut to Al Horford tipping the ball. Derek White gets it. Pitch back to Al. Buries a three for a six-point game. And it's like, <laughs> holy shit. We're going to win this fucking game, man. And, like, they took it to another level from even that point. So it was an absolute flurry of threes. We shot 51% from three, Jay. So, like... Do you feel like that's we should be because you know what Warriors fans are going to say like Horford was six. They're eight. already saying it. Yeah, <laughs> they're Horford already saying eight. Derek White five eight. Smart had a eighteen five and four on four seven from three. Like, do you have any concern that we just shot the lights out and that's why we won? I mean, we did shoot the lights out. Yeah, I don't know. So obviously, if they don't make those shots, the game's a lot closer. But ultimately, they were getting whatever they wanted on offense. And so that's where I feel like that argument ends up falling a bit flat for me. Now, here's the thing. I do not expect that every minute of every game is going to go the way that fourth quarter went. I don't expect that. And I'm not expecting a sweep either. But anyone saying that we just happened to get lucky in making some threes 
I don't think they were watching the game because there's nothing lucky about the shots that they were getting. They were they were moving the ball. They had all of those Warriors defenders spun and then they were getting open looks. And here's the thing. Derek White is not an elite three point shooter, nor is Marcus Smart. And at this point, it's it's kind of been evident that Al Horford's not even an elite three point shooter. I mean, he's had especially if he's tired, those legs are under him. That ball gets real short and real flat. But with a little bit of rest and 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 what you got to understand is even the most mediocre three point shooter in the NBA, if they're wide open, they're going to hit that shit. Right. Like you see it in warmups all the time. You see it on these Instagram videos and, and quick Twitter videos where guys are just like raining 10, 15 off in a row. You leave them open. They're going to hit shots. So here's the thing. No, they're probably not going to be six of eight again or, you know, 15 for 23 total, whatever they were. But if they're going to keep leaving these guys open, they're going to have problems. And if we're not going to hit those like that, it's going to be because they've made adjustments and they're actually playing some damn defense. Cause last I heard Draymond said they could play defense. Last I heard Draymond was supposed to be defensive player of the year. And here he is not even closing the hell out, just sitting there watching people. And then he's on his podcast talking like, Oh, we dominated them for 41 minutes. Like that math don't work out kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, to your point, I think 38 of our 41 threes were either open or wide open. Um, and White's been solid on on wide open threes his whole career. Smart, too. And Horford as well. And Horford's, like, sneaky on a crazy hot streak in the playoffs. He's shooting, like, 45% from three in the playoffs. So, like, I think I, I think you're right. Like, throughout a season, he is not an elite, elite three-point shooter. But he is capable of looking like one for a playoff run. And that's really all we need. We only need three more wins, man. You know what I mean? We only need to like, we could have three more hot shooting games, right? Like we totally can do that. So for um, sure. And, and I think when you're getting open looks all night, you get into rhythms too. Uh, you know, it's like the open looks are harder to make when you haven't had one all night. And all of a sudden it's the third quarter. Um, but when it's like shit all night, I'm just walking into wide open threes. You just start brimming with confidence. And I think white is definitely a confidence player. Like you can tell when Derek white is not really feeling himself and he's timid. Oh, he's feeling it now. He is. He is. He's like, he's feeling never it now. felt it before, man. Like he is fucking pumped. He's, he got so much confidence and swagger every time he touches the ball. Like, um, so I wouldn't be, it's been very good timing for Derek White to find his jump shot. I will say that, but the Bucks tried this. This is the Bucks strategy and we won, you know, <laughs> so I'm not sure this is. And a they're, they're strategy. a better, more aggressive defensive team. Way bigger. The Warriors are, 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 are a good defensive team, but they're just not physical like that, right? right. Like they're, they're not as big and strong. So they're not as likely going to wear us out, especially because the Boston Celtics squad, like these guys are kind of, they have, they have, they've carved themselves to be like, you know, these stone built warriors out there. So it's like, you can try to beat them up. It's not really going to work. You're just going to hurt yourself every time you try to bump into them. Uh, I got to ask you a question, though. I, I, I really wonder what your thought on this is going to be, because I've got maybe a different take, but it'll be interesting because I've thought that before. And then we've had the same take. So I, I want to ask you, what was the turning point in this game? Do you think? 
Um, I would say probably. Um, what? Oh, I think. Can I give you two? <laughs> well, no, because then you're more likely to be to have the same take as me. Okay. All right. Then what I will say is. I think the Warriors in the end of the first or beginning of the second quarter got a 10-point lead, and we just stormed right back and ended up going up to two. uh, We were up two at halftime. And that, to me, it just felt like the guys were like, all right, we can beat these dudes. Like, they, they are not invincible. This is not an unbeatable team. Like, they had us right where they wanted. Like, you go down 10 to the Warriors, you're thinking, wow, this could be 20 in three possessions, basically. And then all of a sudden, we're up two at halftime. So I would say that was the big thing to me where it just felt like the proof of concept, like what we're doing is going to work against these guys. Like Curry was absurdly hot. We blew a few rotations at, at the beginning of, at the in the first quarter. But we <laughs> that's <I> polite <laughs> understatement. Yeah, we didn't guard anybody for like the first six <laughs> minutes. But once we started to, it worked. And it worked throughout the whole game. I mean, even that third quarter, like, you know, Iguodala hits a three. Otto Porter splashing threes. It's like, all right, man. Like you Wiggins is that. hitting threes. Yeah, Wiggins is hitting all sorts of crazy shots. So you live with that. The defense is working as intended. And eventually the math's going to work in your favor. And, oh, baby, did it in that fourth quarter. <laughs> So what do you so, think? Yeah, we're we're the, we're the least interesting pair ever because we always end up with the same takes. Because I figured you'd go to that fourth quarter again and think about like one of the pivot points there, and and maybe go back to that play that you had cited. But yeah, that second quarter was something when we saw the way that they were in, and what I really appreciated was they demonstrated an ability to pick on their best player, right? Yes. Like they, they picked on Steph. They put three fouls on that guy in the first half. They started just matching him up all over the place. And they mm-hmm. like Steph looked pissed off because yes. in that yes. first quarter, Steph is doing his whole, mm, oh. you don't want it. Like chewing on my mask. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, he was raining hellfire, but, oh, he was. but in the same way, you can't leave even mediocre shooters open. Like you can't give Curry any space. Of you can't, you're going to yeah. get punished. Right. And they, I mean, they were basically just asking for him to, to put them to bed and the way they bounced back, and then, like you said, getting that lead then and being able to punish specifically Steph in that moment, take their best player and put him in a position that he can't even help himself and the other and the rest of the team can't really do anything because there's no one that he can hide on. Right. Anyone that he ends up on is going to be able to attack him. If it's a big man, they're just going to put him in the post. Even if it's Tatum, they're going to put him in the post. Yep. If it's one of the other guys on the wing or on the perimeter, they're just going to drive on him. Like, no one's scared of him on the defensive end, which makes him really vulnerable at this point in his career. Like, I. It seems like maybe he, I always remembered him as a bit stronger of a defender, but, you know, he's also getting towards the back end of the career, right? Like he's, he's in like maybe the last couple of years of like that prime performance, but I'm also not trying to speak ill on dude. Cause like the last thing we need is anyone whispering that kind of shit in his ear because he's got that mama mentality junk in his head. Like I'm, I kid you not. That man is like a laser focused human being. He's not going to come out in game two looking to get punked. I'll tell you. No. Um, but so taking him and essentially making him not only a non-factor, but a liability that 
I think, like you said, it changed the psychology for our guys, and they yeah. realized, oh no, not only not only did we earn our way here, but there's no reason why this isn't ours. It's just I had said it earlier. Uh, we are witnessing special stuff right now. And in the same way that a lot of people, KOC talks all the time, like you, we have to appreciate LeBron James because he's in, and that's true. Like he's a special guy. I'm telling you right now, you need, yeah, fuck that guy. (laughs) You need to right now appreciate what the Celtics are doing because it's not just satisfying Celtic fans, you know, interest and enthusiasm for getting a chip. They are doing some stuff right now that is just different. I, I was hearing KOC and, and Verna talk on their pod. And I mean, w- what they were saying, what they're commenting on right now is speaking to they're essentially they're, they just warriors. The warriors <laughs> is, is really what it looked yeah. like to them. Yeah. And and if that's what's happening here with with a with a bigger, stronger and and with a team that's designed and, and signed up to be able to stick together so long as they wish to, man. Man, let's let's just ride this wave. I'm not predicting it, like anything as far as game two. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? You have to expect Warriors are going to come back through you. ferocious, but yep. we are witnessing special stuff from Boston. Keep your eyes open wide, everybody. Yeah, I think it's a great point on especially the Curry side of things. Like you have to pick on him on defense just for the sheer fact that it makes him tired and he's less effective on offense. I, I do think Curry's not a bad defensive player, but he's undersized, and he's certainly not good. So you can pick at him, especially when you've got a guy like Tatum, who's just so much bigger than him and so skilled. So uh, we did a wonderful job, I think. Re- uh, not in the first quarter, but beyond that, we did a wonderful <laughs> job going at Curry. And he looked like he was wearing down as that game went along. Like he was not the same guy in the set. He hit one three after the first quarter. Um, so and that that defense, the Celtics defense is just so hard to generate open looks against. And that wears you out, too. And I I really don't think they can run their offense against us. And maybe I'll look dumb at, after game two. But I think they're just going to have to go to Curry pick and roll because all right. that off, we just switch, like switch it, switch it, switch it. Congratulations. You have eight seconds left on the shot clock and you haven't even passed the ball yet because you're trying mm-hmm. to get all this off ball movement. So I, I would wonder if they're just going to say, screw it. Curry's running 35 pick and rolls, which terrifies me because that's very dangerous. <laughs> Well, and we were talking about it during the game because I was surprised by that, too. It, you know, I remember being on the pregame show uh, on Celtics Corner with B Smooth um, <clears throat> and Jags. And they were talking about, you know, ways to, to try and defend Curry. And, you know, the, the big the big thought was, you know, as much as we might have some defenders that that are going to be strong to be able to face them one on one, like smart and white. Um, you know, the the most difficult aspect of it is going to be that off ball movement. But what's kind of surprising is that actually seemed to work against him because the more they tried to play him off yeah. ball, the less of a factor he was because then we just made it that much harder to get him the ball in any way. 
And so if you can keep the ball out of his hands, that's dynamite. Because I think at this point, it's pretty evident he is going to be the most lethal and dangerous with the ball in his hands and people having to fight over or through and around picks. Because that's what because he doesn't need much. He just needs a sliver of space. So even if you get through that screen, what would normally be considered effectively, you're getting you're getting burned because it's not enough. And that's where I think Peyton actually was a real godsend on defense. Because he's such a smaller guy, it's easier for him to get around and through those picks without getting hung up. Like, Smart's got these big old broad shoulders. He's a strong-ass dude. Even though he can fight through a screen, it's going to take him longer just because of the sheer mass and, you know, two bodies, celestial bodies colliding together. Peyton's just slithering right through that shit, and he's at least just staying right there in front of him. So he's not getting that even sliver of space without having some disruption. I mean, what a ultimately all the praise in the world to the players, and there's a couple other players I know we've got to hit on and give some some flowers and love to, but you know, I don't know that anyone deserves more credit right now than Ime Udoka and the way that he's got these guys schemed out and playing ball, because it just seems fucking brilliant. Gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there's a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with the confidence of an eagle and giggles in the face of danger. He's a big, hairless, winning machine, and when he unzips his pants, he sees... Platinum? That's right, Manscaped would like to introduce you to their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming, and now trust them with the whole shebang. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code CRPOD. CR as in Celtics Reddit, pod as in podcast. Now, I've got to say, you know, Manscaped, as we joined them, as we partnered with them, they sent us out some stuff, and it's really made a huge difference to my my hygiene and my grooming routine. A lot of extra confidence, particularly wearing NBA jerseys and no longer needing to worry about the, uh, shall I say, the uh, increasing shoulder hair that uh, one male gets as a, as a maturing male. Further to that, going to the hairdresser, getting my hair cut, I no longer see them reaching into my ears or to certain parts around my neck, trimming hair that I didn't realize I had. With the Manscaped package, I I feel like I'm all over it. So I really, I can't recommend getting on top of your own grooming enough and employing Manscaped. Manscaped's brand new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle they've ever offered, giving you a bulk discount on Manscaped's top products. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. They designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. Inside this platinum package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. By God, I need that myself. Ultra premium body wash, ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, ultra premium deodorant, crop preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant, very handy, crop reviver ball spray toner, anti-chafing boxes and the shed travel bag to hold your goods while traveling. The Lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes. Both are waterproof so you can shave with less mess. 
In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. As well, don't forget to apply their aluminum-free Ultra Premium Deodorant for that cologne-quality scent on the go. But it's not just your pits that stink. Your balls can stink too, believe me. Thankfully, their Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve this problem for you. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Platinum Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxes and the Shed Travel Bag. If you're traveling like me to the NBA Finals from Australia, you need to throw all this stuff into your shed travel bag. Is it essential at this point? Bring your comfort and boxes to another level. The Platinum Package 4.0 covers all the bases from head to toe. The best bang for your shebang. So support the Celtics Reddit podcast, and more importantly, support yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CRPOD at manscaped.com. CRPOD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time you enjoy the finer things in life and get yourself a platinum package for your platinum package. Yeah, the I, the one issue I take with Yudoka's coaching is running double bigs against his team. So. <laughs> yeah, um, that didn't look great. <laughs> no, Horford and Rob Williams were a negative 10 on the court together. Um, Horford and Grant were only a minus four. Horford and Smart minus one. Everybody else Horford was on the floor with was plus nine or better. <laughs> and Derek White and him were plus 19. So, I mean, Grant minus four, that's nothing. Minus one, that's nothing. Minus 10. N is like okay, maybe it's an anomaly, Something. but man, it did not, it, it did not look very fluid to me. I just think this is the team you got to go small against. Get Grant out there, play Tatum at the four. When we did that, we looked like the better team by far. And it goes back to what KOC and Vernon were saying about the Warriors yeah. being the Warriors. Like, the Warriors, yep. you know what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, you mentioned how uh, Golden State's a less physical team. Well, we just went to through two absolute wars against the Bucks and the Heat. Bloodbaths. Yeah, got a Reddit comment here for you. Uh, Hello Sun says, I don't think I've mentioned it any... I've seen it mentioned anywhere yet, but the two days between games bodes well for Marcus Smart and Rob Williams' injuries. So, I think that was the biggest thing, man, is like the game after game after game, we can never quite get Rob and we can never quite get Smart up to 100 like, what did you feel like after game one? Where are you at with their, their health? 100%, 100%, Marcus, a little better than Rob. Like, how are you feeling on those two? Well, I'll, I'll go back to uh, to the, the the guest spot that I had on Celtics Corner for the pregame. <clears throat> well, not necessarily actually the pregame. It was the preview show. Um, and I had mentioned there that similar to, to um, what, what was it, uh, Sun? Hello, Sun. Hello, hi, Dad. Um, <laughs> similar to, to what they're pointing out, uh, I had made the comment, listen, a little bit of rest for Al Horford goes a long, long way. Because that man, if he's got his legs under him, everything opens up for him on offense. Like, he seems to be so committed, no matter how tired he is, he's not going to get beat on defense. He is going right. to stay being lethal on defense. But if his legs aren't there, he's giving up a little bit on offense, and he's he's 
being he's deferring to others. He's he's trying to be as much Dog as he can flat. a playmaker. Right. And and it's just not really working. But man, you give him some rest. And I said, if he's got some rest and his legs are under him, he's gonna be able to have some big games. And and everyone had this everyone kind of not everyone, one in particular person decided to scoff a little bit at that and lo and behold leading score in a huge comeback game one victory over the Warriors in the finals and having a couple days in between these games right now if I'm if I'm a Warriors fan I'm pretty nervous about that because Al Horford is a man on a mission like a mission he knows he knows this this could be it as far as him being like oh, no a feature guy in that lineup right like if this team, you know, maybe this team can make another run next year. The expectations would be there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to. But it's a lot to ask or expect him to have that same level, given, you know, again, you know, just the age, the, you know, the demands of a, of a regular season. Although don't put too much doubt on dude because we were doubting him this year too, right? So, yeah, you know, I don't know if he's drinking whatever the same thing is Tom Brady's drinking or what, but... Yeah, that I think right now Al is definitely as far as as those two go. Al in in game one, and and this is tough for me to say. I want I think everyone will be will know how tough this is for me to say. But Al is our third best player right now. He is our third star right now. Spoonie Celtics show, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> If he's got these rested legs, he is such a damn difference maker because he allows us to play that, that smaller ball. If 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 they decide to really work that angle, and it's in, it'll be interesting to see if Ime does. Yeah. If they just have Rob backing up Al, holy crap, does that really spell some trouble for that Warriors squad? Because all of a sudden. You're not going to see Tice, and Tice clearly isn't a great match for this one. I mean, Ooh, that was you know, he that looked rough. I was happy for him when he got a three, but that looked rough. Three, yikes! But if Rob is going to give us 22 to 24 minutes of what we saw in Game One behind Al, the problem I saw with that double bigs is it it, it doesn't force Golden State to cover everybody because you can cheat off of Rob a little bit, especially because he clearly doesn't have the level of explosiveness he did during the season. Yep. He's he's given us what he's got, and it's certainly enough to be an impact to a certain degree, but it's not the same. And so he's not that same vertical threat that he was, so they're not as concerned about that lob the way they would if he just was 100% healthy. Right. So they can cheat off him a bit, but when you don't have him and instead you've got Grant or you've got D. White or you've got Pritchard, Holy crap, you can't cheat off nobody. Right. You just can't. It's not an option. <laughs> and I love I love Marcus more than any rational person should. Um, but there's in this series, given these matchups and these dynamics, and the way that Alice just so freaking committed on it seems like almost a spiritual level. There's, there's no stopping that man right now. 
there just isn't. No, <laughs> Brett just Dow's isn't. just top five, baby. But uh, top oh, five, baby. <laughs> I love it. There's a lot of really awesome Celtics performances in this game, and it's almost hard to pick who because I think if you're giving the game ball away, it's got to be Al Horford. But Derek has to be. Derek White was awesome. 21 points, three assists. He was all over Curry. Game high, plus 25. And one guy, it's criminal we haven't mentioned either of the Jays yet. Uh, and Jalen Brown, so when I said, can I have two turning points, my other one was going to be Jalen Brown going off to start the fourth quarter because I don't think, if he misses one of those shots, I wonder if that's enough to kind of deflate the momentum that was going. But, I mean, Jalen was awesome. It's always kind of an adventure when Jalen's sort of running the offense, but uh, it's it's still ruthlessly effective. Uh, and, you know, he's burying shots that... His mid-range is just so pure right now, dude. It's like un—it's like he d- he's not he just never misses that shot and that lob to Rob to cap it off and make the Warriors uh, take a timeout was absolutely beautiful. And Tatum, only 12 points, three of 17 shooting. I know you've been a little critical of his performance, um, but 13 assists. I look it up, 19 Gorgeous. potential assists. That's more than Steph Curry and. Raymond Green combined, so uh, five rebounds, and I felt like uh, both Tatum and Brown, slightly lesser extent, were great on the defensive end, too. I can't really remember Tatum ever getting beat, um, and Jalen had a few miscues early, but he really locked it in on that end as well, so the Jays were um, sort of tail of two different games, like Jason handled the playmaking, Jalen more the finisher, which makes sense, uh, but they both did exactly Exactly what we needed of them given the context of the game. Does that make sense? So much sense. And and here's yeah. the thing. What I'm really loving about this, because I because I have kind of and I don't I don't know if it's so much critical as much as just like looking for what's coming next for him, right? And yeah, no, I, I totally yeah. understand. Yeah, I know you understand, but I got to make sure everyone else that's listening understands. You know, <laughs> we talk enough offline. You know where I'm at. I just got to make sure Get we're all on the level. Get your <laughs> yeah, come, come at me, yo, at, at me all over the place. <laughs> but like I have, been, I, I have been saying, like if he wants to be the man in these moments, he's got to be the man in these moments. If you're top five, well, sure. then in these moments, you don't have bad games. You dominate the opponent and you establish your dominance. Um, and what I loved about this game, because sometimes what will happen is he'll start forcing the issue when things aren't going his way. And in this game, he was like, nah, forget all that. He's yeah. like, if guys are hitting shots, yo, here we go. Here you go. Go ahead. Yeah. Focus on me. Go ahead. Yeah. Focus on me. And here's the thing. We've seen him take a step forward in his playmaking throughout the entire season. And we've seen him even step that up a notch here in the playoffs. We're seeing him step it up another notch so far now in the in the finals. What I think is happening is we know Tatum's not in his final form. Right. What I think's happening right now is this man is like starting to just like rip out of that cocoon to where he's going to emerge as a beautiful butterfly (laughs) and it's just going to be like magic I don't know exactly when that moment's going to be for him maybe it'll be in this finals maybe not maybe it's something we're going to see you know moving forward but he's opening up aspects of his game because what I loved is he dictated 
what was going on in the court. Even though he yeah. wasn't hitting shots, it was his decision how that game was going after that first quarter. Steph Curry dictated the game in the first quarter. After that, Tatum said, no, 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 no more. Top five. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't score the ball to eat to and he still made that happen. Gorgeous. Now Jalen, I've been screaming at the top of my lungs this whole postseason. Jalen, two, three dribbles max. That's it. Get yeah. into your mid-range zone or go straight to the rack. Just make up your mind and go. Don't do all this dribble dancing around. Forget all that. He is just so lethal. When it's two, three dribbles max, pull up and either put it down. He's great at finishing around oh, even with contact at this point. He's crazy. just like... It's like he bananas. hangs in the air. Like he gets more hang time when he hits a body. It's nuts. Dude. He doesn't care about gravity. He just doesn't <laughs> give a shit. No, and then that not. mid-range game of his is just unreal. Yeah. And I don't know that folks have fully appreciated this, but I mean, he has been demonstrating that for the last couple seasons. He has really worked on that. And it maybe I'm hoping that he's finally really come to terms with the fact that that is the part of his game that cannot be denied. And that's what we're looking for for Tatum. That's what I'm looking for for Tatum. For him to find the part of his game that cannot be denied. And for Jalen, I think he is finally finding that. And it's that mid-range game and he is just a fucking problem for everyone else <laughs> he absolutely just like rips the net when he hits those mid-range shots so we got uh one last reddit comment here jay and then we'll jump to quick predictions about game two and then we got a little bit of news too so alfonso says if i'm the dubs i can live with horf and white going insane from three what would worry me is Jalen. who's gonna guard brown who's going to stop him from driving into the paint the size mismatch was very apparent as the game got later even before the crazy run um and yeah i I think that's what you're saying is you want to put clay thompson on him well he can go around clay or rise up over clay you want to put like a big like draymond on him he'll blow right by draymond um and they just wiggins has to guard tatum i mean unless you want to have the same problem just in reverse where tatum's the guy they can't cover uh so exactly. I, I just I'm, I'm not sure the dubs have many answers for Jalen brown and uh it's one reason i put a little money on him for finals mvp uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so I, I i think exactly what you're saying jay is like he could get that mid-range shot against literally every single player on on the gold state warriors and the way he's been shooting it um i'm not sure he'll miss one for the whole series really um so real quick jay before we get out of here because spoonie's got to go to bed man that was a very late night last night uh how do you feeling about game two what do you expect from the warriors um do you feel a celtics win you think we go back one to one back to boston i think golden state's gonna come into game two and they just had their they just got their ego like thrown in the mud sure right that that's what just happened i mean so this is a team that's got you know banners to their name and they're not gonna come looking to get punked again they're just not draymond you know 
I don't agree with all the things that that dude goes on about, but that's a guy that cares about his performance on the court. Yeah. Steph Curry is a guy that's not playing around. That dude wants to win. Um, you know, he's about as hard a worker as you're going to find in the NBA straight straight up. That's that's the truest thing you can possibly say. So I expect that team's going to come out and they're going to, similar to how they did in the in game one, they're going to come out and they're just going to be firing on all cylinders. Yep. Kerr's going to help them make adjustments because he's no slouch as a coach. Let's not get confused. That man is a legitimate, brilliant coach. This he's going to get these guys <laughs> right. He's going to get these guys schemed to respond to what they learned about us in game one. So if we think we're just going to do the exact same thing and get the same results, we should probably temper those expectations. But I agree with you to, to some extent that they've got limited options one-on-one -on -one as far as what right. they can do. And if they go zone, that's a nightmare for them at this point. Unless we just go like have one of those, because we have at times had those games where we just go ice cold. Yeah, it happens, right. it happens to everybody other than maybe right. the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. But given Tatum's performance, it's hard to expect him to have two of those because that's just not really his M.O. And so I'm expecting Tatum to be a beast scoring, probably a little less playmaking. But at the same time, that could potentially lead to Smart being more of that elite playmaker during that game, not having to take as many shots. Because I, I got to go back and look at the numbers and, and trip, uh, look backwards a little bit at it. But I'm, I'm wondering if Smart's increased shot attempts come on those nights when Tatum isn't banging shots. Because I feel like I'm starting to notice that trend. Like if Tatum's not really going off, like Smart kind of tries to step up and see if he can get himself hot and force the defense to have to cover him more yeah, to give yeah. Tatum a little bit more room to operate. Um, and fortunately, White was really able to do that in this particular game. But I mean, Marcus didn't have a bad game, right? Like that guy oh, had Marcus a great line great. for that game That's too. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting a good game from Tatum. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, you know, a good game from Horford, even if it's not that same kind of game, but, yeah. you know, yeah. a, a good, strong Horford outing because he's got that rest. Um, the one worry in my mind right now, and I'll, I'll kind of leave on, well, I'll leave on my, I'll, I'll, I'll end my thought with my worry, but then I'll leave us with my, my optimism. My worry is Peyton coming back because that does give them that second elite defender to help on Brown. Sure. And if they're able to disrupt Brown and, and Peyton's a guy that can do that, Peyton yeah. and Wiggins together can switch between the two J's and cause problems for us. And that can be a real wrench in the works. So that could be a real big boost for them yep. if and when he's able to come back. That being said, the Warriors just don't have that special juice right now that seems to be fueling these Celtics. There is something beyond basketball right now that is powering the locomotive that is this Boston team currently. And I just don't see a road that does not lead to banner 18. I've been Hell saying yeah. it for a minute. I'm not going to stop. It's Hell coming, yeah. baby. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I, I think um, our job's kind of done in, in San Francisco, right? Like, we got the one. We just, I, I thought Celtics and six going into this series, you just had to get one in Golden State, and we did it. So, it's hard. You, It's hard to, like, motivate yourself 
to the point where like that a desperate team does and Golden State is going to be very very desperate so I expect it to be a very close game that could go either way if I had to put money down I would probably take Golden State to win but there's there's no reason we can't win this game and I really just loved when we went with the either just Rob or just Al on the court like we just really looked like a better team man and uh, the way we're playing defense to your point they're just so connected um, that was a mature game from Tatum to just accept he's not making his shots and get his teammates involved which is I'm not sure he does that last season I'm not sure he does that in November of this season right so that's great to say and the defense is just insane so um, I think and, and one last quick thing because it just popped into my head um, it totally different for a lot of reasons but did this not kind of feel a little bit like that game one against New Jersey where like we weren't really sure whether we really were going to measure up or not and then the moment they believed it yeah it just you couldn't stop you couldn't stop the train then yeah I kind of so, I, I kind of have the same feeling where after the I, going into the net series I was worried and then after game one I was like we're winning in five uh, and I was wrong <laughs> you know? because we swept their ass <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm perfect feeling, thing to be wrong about yeah yeah and like the shooting's gonna come and go a little bit that's fine I just really believe in the way this team's playing man um, so very small very quick bit of news the Celtics surprising absolutely fucking nobody said they are going to guarantee Al Horford's contract in the offseason so we're guaranteed to get Al back next year shout out to Big Al it's like a dream he's back doing it it. hell yeah dude even if he doesn't play next year he take give him all of it mail man yeah you've heard take all of it Um, so all right Jay I got 12 bucks in my pocket I'll mail that to him (laughs) he doesn't need it Um, (laughs) unless you got anything else for us man I think that one's going to wrap it up. Uh, so, Jay, nope, yeah, let's, let's go, baby. Game glad two. You could, glad you could make it happen, man. Glad you. Uh, could Thanks for being patient, man. Of course. Yeah, anytime, dude. Uh, and uh, Crazy weather out here in Texas. Love your work, mate. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> you. Well done. Well yeah, done. Yeah, nailed it. All right. Celtics like for the podcast. Out. <laughs>